It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. And, and as always, as we've started recently, rather, we're going to start off with just, just asking how the fellas' weekend was, man. Josh, how you, how you been, man? What's going on? How was your weekend? It was cool, man. Same old, same old. You know, got the rest on, uh, streamed a little bit, chilled with the homies, you know. Pretty laid back weekend. You know, it's uh, again. There's this is this is a uh, remind me that Smokey Robinson game banging song where he was like <laughs> wasting time. Like, bro, that's one of the best things to do when you're an adult. Yeah. You can waste hey. time and not be worried about nothing. No, the, the wildest part about that song is that he implied that dudes was out on the corner game banging and drinking Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he knew he had. He, he had to. He had to rhyme something with Tom, and Hennessy don't rhyme with Tom. You know what I mean? Sirac don't rhyme with Tom. He said, "Drinking that wine." They drinking Arbor Mist on the corner. That's what game bangers yeah. doing. Smoking. They drinking chilled Arbor Mist. Okay. Uh, All right. Anywho, Chris, how was your weekend, man? It was good, man. I got to see some people that I ain't seen in a while, man. Stuff like that. Oh, I was chill weekend. You feel me? Ready to get that back sounded, to work. Watching my sports this week, man. That, that sounded so melancholy, bro. You sounded so sad to see them. <laughs> saw a bunch of people, man. Went, went to a place, you know, saw some folks. Nah, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I feel you. Well, folks, uh, my weekend was good. I just chilled. Uh, watched, watched the uh, women's basketball team that I root for get shafted out of the tournament. That's another story for another time. Uh, but we're going to get right into this thing because we got a, a heck of a show for y'all today. We got the trade deadline. And this was the liveest trade deadline I've seen in, a, in so, quite some time. As always, we have an NBA arms race developing. Uh, and, and this is a little different than we've ever seen it before. We're going to talk about the discrepancy in how uh, coaches of color and black coaches are given opportunities as opposed to uh, some of their white counterparts. And then we, we got a little UFC for y'all today. I know a lot of Ziv Nation likes to fight and the wrestling, the UFC, all that. We got it for you. Relax. We saw the fight. It's coming, all right? We got all that and more for y'all today. Fellas, does that sound good to y'all? Sound great. I'm, I'm happy for it. Excellent. Well, first of all, we got the money man, the man with the plan, Mr. Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And we got the master, the mixer master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. And then you got me, the little old MC, Kenton Gibbs. And we're going to get right into this trade deadline, man, because it was so much movement. I and and maybe I may be wrong here, but do y'all ever remember there being this many medium to big names moving at the trade deadline in recent history? Um, no, I know this. This might be the biggest. I remember ones that had a lot more rumors swirling, but the stuff that was actually executed and the the, the level of buyouts is is what really set it apart for me. Right, right. I, I, I think buyouts is going to be a market that the NBA, they kind of nerf a little bit in the words yeah, of like gaming. So. Because teams has been just grabbing these players, these big deals, and just letting them take a roster spot and not even playing them. And then they just tanking, like, right. like just literally just tanking. And then they buy that player out, that player go wherever they want to go. So it's kind of like, I think they're going to nerf that a little bit because I'm not a big fan of it either. Because if you think about all the names that could have got bought out this year, it would have been a totally different league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder who in particular we're talking about <laughs> buying out a huge name after a big contract. Man, what a time. Maybe a team who's always selling. 
that uh, is located in the second-rate state of Ohio. Joking, joking for any of our listeners or viewers out there in Ohio. But um, we we got to get into these trade talks. And before we get into the trade talks, let's talk about who stayed places. Kyle Lowry, he was a hot name. There was a lot of action around his name. The Heat were allegedly involved. The Lakers were allegedly involved. A few other teams were allegedly involved in this thing. What do y'all make of Kyle Lowry staying in Toronto? Um, I, I think it was just more of a stalemate. I think that, I mean, especially if you look at the role that Kyle Lowry has played for Toronto, and if you look at how much the, the Raptors fan base cherishes that group of guys, especially when it comes to Lowry and DeRozan, they were heartbroken when DeRozan left. I think it's just, a, I think it's always been a matter of, I think that the Raptors value Lowry a lot more than he is. So it was one of those things where they weren't giving him away for just a bag of chips, but also a lot of teams weren't willing to give away more than a bag of chips in order to get him. Like he's one of those players that um, it's weird because he's a he's a couple of time all star. He's an impactful player. But at the same time, I don't think you invest too much on adding Kyle Laurie to your roster because you don't know how much of a difference he's going to make, honestly. Right, right. I'm just I'm confused about like how you put a player on the trade market. And then, like, bring him back. Yeah, right. Like, to me, that's the equivalent of a player entering the transfer portal in the NCAA, but slightly different. Because, like, at least when a player entered the transfer portal, you're like, all right, this is an 18, 19, maybe 20-year-old kid. His head might not have been all straight, or, or she might have been a little angry about not getting as much playing time. It's all right. When you're a, a player, a star player, a, a face-of-the-franchise-type player, which, I mean— Objectively, Kyle Lowry is for the Raptors. Yeah. When you're at that level and they're like, yeah, we're going to get rid of you. The GM is a 50-year-old, dog. He got grandkids. <laughs> like, it's a little different. It's a little different for him to be like, all right, we're going to get rid of him. LOL, JK, come on, man. Come on. All they was offered was Tyler Hero and uh, Myers Leonard when he wasn't on stream. So, like, that's it. I, <laughs> we don't really want that here. Chris, what you thinking, man? What, are you surprised by Kyle Lowry's thing? No, actually, I mean, for me, Kyle Lowry, he can move the needle on a lot of teams. But here's where my thing with Kyle Lowry is. If Kyle Lowry never won that championship in Toronto, I say Toronto will owe it to Kyle Lowry to trade him somewhere he wanted to go to because he's been loyal to that right. fan base. He's been he's been a soldier on the battlefield. He showed up when he needed to show up most of the time. It's a couple of times when LeBron came to town and Kyle Lowry went missing in action. But who didn't go missing in action in the East when LeBron was running the East? But the ring that he got in Toronto kind of makes it like kind of like, okay, Kyle Lowry stays. It's all right. He got his ring. He's going to retire. He's going to be better than a lot of point guards because he got a ring. And he showed out in that game, that game six of that final. So I'm happy for Kyle Lowry. I'm glad he can stay where he is familiar with. I'm glad he can, you know, he got his championship. And I'm glad if he leaves. I was happy if he leaves because Kyle Lowry is just one of those guys that you don't have a problem with. He's a good vet. He's a, a great a great leader in the locker room. Like Kyle Lowry's just a well put together point guard to me. So So you you telling me he was gonna be outside of uh Pat Riley office singing where I wanna be if he ain't get a uh, <laughs> ring. He was gonna be outside that Mickey Harrison. Please come get me. No, but seriously, uh Kyle Lowry stand isn't that much of a surprise to me because nah. I mean, like I said, high value to the Raptors, not so high value to the rest of the NBA. Like those, when you have that situation come up, nine times out of 10, players not leaving. Now, another player that we're going to get to, because I, I'm going to slander this team every opportunity I get. 
Kevin Love still being with the Cavs. Can either of you explain this to me? Like I'm a five-year-old, please. Um, no, I I know I'm going to leave a lot of things out of detail because this is this is your your topic. I think you should spearhead right. But it just doesn't make sense for me from the standpoint of Cleveland isn't contending. They signed him to a deal as if they were going to be contending, like he was going to be, you know, the centerpiece of this franchise after LeBron left. Um, they're not playing him. The longer he doesn't play, he he doesn't get any better. They haven't traded him, which I'm sure, like, it's teams out there that would have given you a decent package for Kevin Love. I know the best Kevin Love days we've seen have been. Atlanta, I guarantee you, Atlanta, if you called Atlanta and said John Collins for Kevin Love, they would have did it in a heartbeat. They probably would have done a little more. (laughs) They would have gave him, they would have gave, they would have gave Kevin Love, they would have gave Kevin Love and some picks for John Collins. I I, I agree. I agree. And, and I, I don't see the reason of not buying him out because, like, that's a guy that could have easily left and he stayed loyal to the franchise after LeBron left and you guys weren't contending and they are not giving him the, the the justice of buying him out, which, I mean, Cleveland making a bad front office decision doesn't surprise me at all, but I'm just – it just doesn't make sense to me. The, the Cavs are always selling, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Chris, what you thinking about this, man? What you thinking about Kevin Love? I, I, I'm gonna, I may make it short because I know you want to get on your your, your sermon. So, <laughs> right. um, for me, it's just kind of like go get something. You a rebuilding team. You are gonna lose either way. If Kevin Love plays, you're still gonna lose. And correct me, I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this audience, so don't fact check me. I believe he's one of the three players of the last 30 30 game we've seen. I believe I mean, that, 30, that would make sense. It would make sense. I think he is. So you telling me someone that at one point had a 30-30 game is worth nothing now? Like, it was just four years ago, four seasons ago, where Kevin Love was in the NBA Finals. And then a year after that, he was in the NBA Finals. They just didn't win. So you telling me someone like that don't have value still in the NBA? Right. It it doesn't make sense to me. But Blake Griffin does? And, and, and that's what I was just about to get to. The biggest part of what doesn't make sense to me is he doesn't have a Blake Griffin-style game. Blake Griffin's game is largely dependent upon him being able to get to the rim explosively. His game is largely dependent upon him being able to finish over guys who are three, four inches taller than him that have a couple inches uh, of wingspan over him. Kevin Love has yeah. never played that style I mean, of basketball. At the same time, don't y'all agree that Kevin Love has a much better watch game than Blake Griffin? Yes. Yes. His game ages well. His game ages really well. And that, that to me, is what is so confusing. Yeah. Cleveland, what are you doing? Get rid of him. You can find somebody who will give you, uh, hey, listen, go to OKC way and, and, and go get yourself some picks. Go get, go get something, man. Go get something. This is just... If Al Horford was able to get traded on that bad contract, Kevin Love should be able to get traded. (laughs) His contract is not nearly as bad as that Al Horford contract was. Hello. And and, and so, Cleveland, I I can't say what I want to say because this is a a PG podcast, but uh, y'all can go to the only place known to man that's worse 
than the state of Ohio. <laughs> uh, it, it has something to do with where Lil Nas X went in, in the Montero video. Now, <laughs> moving on to the fire sale that happened in Orlando, because I mean, good God, they gave away everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. They sent Vooch to the Bulls. We were just talking about free Vooch. I don't think this is what any of us meant. I, <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, Honestly, it's like going... It's like going from Cleveland to Columbus. Like, you're not really. It's a lateral move. It's honestly, what, what I, I wanted man? I honestly I wanted Voot somewhere where like the team was struggling, but like he'd be interesting to watch. And the team, right. like, I didn't care if Voot was on a winning team because I mean, I don't think Vook is a first or second option on a championship team. I think he'd be a, a great third option. I think he in the same tier as like a He's slightly below a Paul George when it comes to a championship team roster. I, I, I think I would, if you came to a, a good championship roster, I think you could put Vuk in the same category as uh like a Miami Chris Bosch. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. He, yeah. He's a he's a yeah. number three. I wanted and I think to see Miami Chris Bosch has more value than a Paul George. So 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 <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I, I disagree. Honestly, honestly, I wanted Vuk to go somewhere like Washington, like you know. Yes, Washington's a bad franchise, but wouldn't you love to see Russ, Bradley, Bill, and Voop on one team? Like, that would just be fun to watch, just in general. Like, to me, that would be just good to watch. Because the Wizards don't have any size at all. They don't even have – I don't even – you can't even tell me who they big man or they backup big man is now. Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez, yeah, but he's hurt. He's hurt, though. No, I'm saying he's hurt. Okay. So you you don't know who started. Thomas Bryant or he started? Is no, it, he hurt or ACL, ACL tour. Is a uh, is a uh, Bertons. They got Bertons, yeah, right? He come off the bench. He come off the bench. I knew that. Much. <laughs> I knew that. Much. Ah, yeah. So if Boot and Boot was there, it'd just be fun to watch the Wizards. I mean, Bradley right. Beal dropped forty a night. Russ get a triple double, and then you got Boot give me twenty five and twelve. I would have been. I'd go all for it. I just and wanted. Still I said by twenty. And still lose by 20 because you can't guard me. So, I mean, it just <laughs> – I, I really just wanted Voot to go somewhere where he had have fun. And, I mean, I think him playing with Zach Levine is going to be good for him. He is going to have fun. But has Chicago been relevant since the, the so-called super team they formed to beat LeBron James? Like, they really haven't made any moves to make themselves really relevant. Uh, Besides that Derrick Rose team. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. The, and that was how long ago? Buzzer beater against Cleveland was the last time anybody was like Chicago. Maybe. And and that was and that was D Rose after the injuries. Right. So, <laughs> right. But wasn't that like that? Got to be at least eight years ago. Exactly. Twenty fifteen. We twenty. Oh, six years ago. Okay, six years ago. Oh, yeah. So I mean, excuse the hell out of me. <laughs> oh, I'm no, just saying. Right, right, the right. the bull is just I don't know. Like yeah, long term it might make sense, but. Right now, I mean, I think the Bulls had a solid young roster. I don't think you need to blow it up as much the, as they did. But, but like, does it though? Because Vuk is pretty old. Like he don't he don't got a lot of years left. And I'm pretty sure the Bulls sent did they send two first over here? Oh, no, that was the Nuggets. That I was, was really for Aaron. I, I, no, they sent Wendell Carter and Otto Porter. I was really high on Wendell Carter. I really like Wendell Carter's game. Like I thought he was going to be good in the league. And they just mm. got Patrick Williams. I thought him. Kobe White, Zach Levine, uh, Patrick Williams, and Wendell Carter was a good core that you can have right out in the sunset. Like, eventually you'll be relevant. That's a solid four players out of college. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, 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 Guys, think, uh, I think this Vooch move was more fan service for Chicago fans. 
Um, I think that that Vuk needed to get out of Orlando and that Bulls fans were kind of fed up with just like mediocrity. And it was some excitement there with those players. So if you're looking at the Chicago is the, the 10 seed right now, which gets them in the play in. So in the East, just with the experience of, of Vuk, like his play style and having Levine over there, I think Chicago has enough pieces to kind of shake the table in the playoffs. I think they have a potential to possibly win that play in tournament and whoever they go against in the first round, which will probably be Philly. A healthy Philly, I think Chicago might be able to rattle off one, possibly two games against. So and instead think, of a sweep, they get five games. Yeah, so I, I, but I think, I think in, the future, in the next two to three seasons, I think this is a team that you can see kind of like waver around that middle of the pack. Like we can see Chicago be a six seed for the next three seasons, as opposed to the alternative to we could see them possibly not make the playoffs during that time. I mean, for me, if you're gonna be a middle of the pack team anyway, though, guy, keep your young guys and be a middle of the pack yeah, team. That's, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. That's why I, I think this deal was. I think this deal was fan service. I think um, the best thing you can get out of this is seeing Chicago on a few more uh, TNT games during yeah, the year. They're gonna get their money back from the TV and the, the tickets because they're right. gonna be a little bit more interesting to watch. But I mean, and and okay, so the next deal that we got. Is Aaron Gordon going to the uh, going to the Nuggets uh, for two first round picks? And uh, who were the players involved in that? Gary ha- Gary Harris was involved, um, and I forgot the other guy. It, uh, it was that it was he's a big um, no. It was a, the guy who played in Australia, right? Yeah, R.J. Yeah. Hampton, right? Yeah. R.J. Hampton. Yep. 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 Yeah. So R.J. Hampton. Get, wait, Gary Harris got traded for? Yep. Aaron Harris was in that trade, yeah. <sighs> Anywho, all right, so that <laughs> trade happens. Winners, losers, what are our thoughts on this trade? Um, neither, believe it or not. So, so Orlando, um, I think Orlando may have won just because they're getting rid of a piece that that is a piece that if Aaron Gordon is a big enough and he's a he's an impactful enough player to where as long as he's on your team, you can never do a proper rebuild because you're either going to have to pay him or he can win you some games to where you're not like dead last in the conference, right? Um, but I think Orlando won because they got rid of Vuk, they got rid of Aaron Gordon, only two players on that team that could really like shift the needle between a win and a loss. And they're going to get Isaac back. They're going to get Mark uh, Markel Fultz back. So it gives them a chance to do a proper rebuild to where they can tank, get some good players, and try to you know turn this into something as opposed to being uh, we're going to have the nine pick every season. So I think they won in that sense, but I don't understand how this makes sense from um, the Nuggets' perspective, right? The Nuggets are a team that are somewhat contenders. And I think the only thing that could shift your uh, trajectory from being uh, almost contender to a possible like championship team is experience. And even though Aaron Gordon is extremely talented, that's not something that he has. I don't. Has Aaron Gordon been in the play? He's been in the playoffs what, twice. He's been in the league for yeah. uh, about seven, eight years now, I believe. Right? And he's been in the playoffs mm-hmm. twice. I think it's been. been, been first I think round. about five, six, five, six years. Yeah, but he's been out. He's been out in the first round both times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't really understand it from that perspective. And the Nuggets have kind of like um, curated this culture around around Jokic to where you have versatile players that can get to the rim. They can shoot. They're kind of like very versatile, like three and D players around around Jokic. And if you look at Aaron Gordon's skill set, although he can get the ball in a basket, he kind of seems like a lesser version of what the Nuggets are putting together, like his efficiency 
at what he does doesn't seem on par with the rest of the Nuggets team. I don't know if Jokic playmaking ability will open that up for him, but I'm curious to see like how Aaron Gordon's skill set fits into this Nuggets culture because it doesn't fit in my opinion. The the only thing that I'll say of why this makes sense. Aaron Gordon has been in the league for a little bit of time now. He was drafted in 2014. However, he was one of those one and dones that like many people said should come back. He's only 25. At the conclusion of this season, he'll be 26. Like, I mean, true, true. I, that's that to me. He's still not at a point where we're like, all right, his best days are behind him. And within the next two years, he'll start regressing. Right. 28 year olds generally don't regress much. Right. You know what I mean? Unless you're Sean Kemp. Like, that's <laughs> that's not how that works. So with that being said, um, I, I honestly believe that he will get a chance to showcase his talents and, and he'll be good with the Nuggets. But the only way this makes sense is if they pull a championship out of this. That's the only way this makes sense. Because right. if they just pull deep playoff runs out of it, you were going to get that with R.J. Hampton and Gary Harris. Like, that's just the reality of it. That, yeah. You know, nothing really changes to me. Chris, what you thinking, man? Any, winners, losers, what you thinking? I'm going to go on a limb and be different. I'm going to say the Nuggets won. I think, like, yes, you said Nuggets won, right? Oh, I I said that this was a wash. I, I think that everybody moved laterally. I think Gary Harris, losing Gary Harris and gaining Aaron Gordon does, like, you basically evened out more. Okay. Yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb and say the, the Nuggets won because a couple of reasons. Um, one, the, the Nuggets lost a lot of depth when they let Jamie Grant walk. Jamie Grant did things on that court athletically that they needed desperately. And one of the Nuggets' problems, I feel like, is they don't have anybody athletic other than Jeremy Grant last year. They didn't have anybody. Like, if you name that starting lineup, Gary Harris was athletic, but he was in and out the lineup injuries. Right. They, they really don't have any athleticism on that court. So when, when Jokic is bringing the ball up, yes, he's a slower big man, but, you know, he's a, 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 a flashy big man a little bit. You got somebody that can run now. So Aaron Gordon would be a great rim runner for uh, Jokic to bring the ball up slow, and he sneaks behind the defense, gets them easy dunks, and gets some easy buckets. You can't win in the playoffs without getting easy buckets. And the right. Nuggets, to me, without that Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic screen, they worked hard for every bucket, like every bucket. Then you got the decline of Paul Millsap. So this is a huge upgrade in that department to me. Aaron Gordon now to Paul Millsap then. Even though Paul Millsap still is an efficient scorer because he takes good shots. But Paul Millsap at this stage in his career, he's Them useless on his water. Yeah, he's he's, he's kind of well, useless. Seen, that- I've seen a handful of Nuggets games this year. And as somebody that does a sports podcast, I'm kind of ashamed. Chris might be right because I low-key forgot that that Paul Millsap like, was a person on planet Earth. The entire time time we was having this conversation, I forgot Paul Millsap existed, bro. Exactly. So, I mean, but Paul Millsap at one point was an all-star. So you got Paul Millsap mentoring Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., who's also someone athletic they have. He didn't play much last year. He was in and out the lineup. That's why I didn't include him. But now you got two athletic wings that can rebound Mm -hmm. the ball and push the ball, and they can get behind the defense athletically. And that's what the Nugget, you can't, I, I, have there been a championship team that has won with not one athletic player? Um, I can't think of one. I, you don't I can't even, think of The closest team, 2015 Warriors, but they had Iggy and Draymond. They are athletic. Yeah, um, 
uh, 07 Spurs? Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Clay Thompson is an out-of-this-world athlete. We just That's what I'm saying. He's he athletic. Ball extremely he's, well. he's athletic, yeah. too. But I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, that's the closest. 2015 was the closest I could think of. 07 yeah. Spurs, they still had. They had Kawhi, didn't they? No, that, no, no. Oh, wait, that no, no, 07. 07. 07. Yeah. But 07 was a different time. That was... I mean, it, didn't they play the Cavs in that final suit? Yeah, they played the Cavs. You don't need much to count on Booby Gibson missing. Like, you don't need that much to be like, you know what? We're going to put four on this LeBron guy. Do your best as a Drew and guy. I, 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 try I could possibly think of if we, um, I don't know what we going as far as athletes or if we only looking at maybe starting lineups or big minutes, but maybe the 2010 Lakers. That was kind of that was Kobe. Kinda, the down, athletic, that was kind of the downturn yeah. of Kobe's. Like that's what. But Kobe he was, was still a crazy athletic, in. though, man. He's still crazy athletic, bro. Yeah, well, I I guess you could. But no, Ron Artest though. He actually right. no, he wasn't athletic. He was just a hell of a defender. He was uh, uh, okay. <laughs> he was strong. Uh, I, but both of those teams were at different times, though. That, that's it. The, and that the last game seven against the Celtics, we'll never see another game seven. What, what was the final score of that? It was like, it was like 70 68, to 68, 72, bro. That's what I'm saying. It was super. <laughs> it was in the 70. We're never going to see that again. We're, right. So, that's, so that was the last of that. Athletic wings that can switch everything is the way to go in this NBA. So you have sure. Michael Porter still working on defense, but he got Millsap, who used to be a good defender. Mentoring him now. So now Millsap doesn't have to play. He can give you some spot minutes off the bench if you need him to, but now he doesn't have to play. He's not required in the lineup anymore. He, so he tree Rollins on the magic. He tree Rollins on the magic. Right. So, so, so I think the Nuggets got better with this. They got somebody that could switch and get Jokic a break from guarding the big man because Jokic don't guard the big man anyway. So you got somebody to just stand next to the big man now. So, I mean, I think the Niggas got better, honestly. 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 Can't believe I feel you, just gave, you just gave uh you just gave him Oakley on the Raptors treatment. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you forgot he existed. I'd rather you call me Oakley on the Raptors to be like, wait, he's a person on earth? That's a thing. I thought this man went to Mars. That's crazy. All right. So another part of the uh another part of the Magic's fire sale, the final part, I guess, would be Evan Fournier going to the Celtics. Does this move the needle? Does this is there a winner to this? Is there a loser to this? What are you thinking? Uh, n- no. The the Celtics need going into the season. If even we did like our pre our preseason, you know, predictions and stuff, a lot of us had the Celtics being a finals team. Yeah. I know that I did for sure. Um, and I don't know what happened for them in this season. But Evan Fournier is not the thing to turn the needle on what you need. Evan Fournier is the guy that's going to come in and maybe play a little defense, and then he can get open and hit a corner three every once in a while. But he's not a player that's – He averaged 19 a game in Orlando, so he probably averaged 14 a game. He probably averaged 14 a game. Ridiculous amount of injuries. He's he's not touching that ball a lot in Boston. Nah, Boston nah. is is missing out on interior presence. They're missing out on playmaking, and Evan Fournier is not providing either one of those things for Boston. I, I don't know if they wanted to make a move just to show Boston fans like, hey, we're trying, but that's not that's not the move that you needed to do. They they Boston needed to make a, a borderline blockbuster move in order to try to turn the season around. Chris, what you what you thinking, man? What you what you thinking? Danny Ainge is a prisoner of his own own decisions. <laughs> he held on to them assets like crackheads hold on to that last five dollars. 
god! Like, like oh my god. I, I'm trying to tell you, he did not let them asses go one bit. Like, it, it was food or crack for the cracker, and they said crack for sure. And that's what Danny <laughs> did. It was, it was keep assets my team or wins assets. Right, 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 right. right. You feel me? He, he, he was like, I don't think uh, do we win now. I don't know. I don't know. And now. What, what what asses does does Danny Ainge have? Uh, well, you done paid Jay LeBron already. You done paid Tatum yeah. already. You about to pay Marcus Smart because if you don't, you're stupid. You 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 yeah. gave Kimba a boatload of money. I'm not disagreeing with you. You gave Gordon Hayward a boatload of money, and now he gone. He's in, you don't he's have inside. anything anymore. You don't have those picks. You yeah. drafted with those picks, so. You you and when the time for the Celtics to make that leap, they should have did it while Tatum was on that rookie deal and Jalen Brown was on that rookie deal because they were still great players. They both all stars now. Don't get me wrong, they were still great players, but they went and signed Kimball Walker because all they you know that's that just was the right thing to do at the time. Kim was no scrub at all, but no. if you if you know you had you if you know you had those two guys that were going to be developing, I don't I don't I didn't see the 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 need to pay him that much money and go get him that. You know, I see it like this. Danny Ainge is one of those guys that like he he sticks to his guns no matter what. So when he's right, he looks great. And it's like, yo, he did it. He did. But when he's wrong, he's really, really wrong. And he's going to double down on it because he's Danny Ainge. But it's still like you're really, really wrong. Danny. Are, are, are you like calling? That. Are you calling Danny Ainge the LeVar Ball, the general managers? You know what? I, I'll tell you this. I'll take it a step further. I t- actually, no, I can't give him that. I can't give. I tell you what. If if he finds a way to pull three championships out of Tatum, he'll be the Joe Jackson of. <laughs> if he pulls a way to get three out, because listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. At the end of the day, a lot of people said that Tatum wasn't the guy with that pick. That wasn't an unpopular opinion. I, it, everybody wasn't like, "Oh, Tatum's the guy. You need him." There were a lot of people who said he wasn't the guy with that pick. A lot of people said, oh, he's too many assets. He's holding on to assets. Like we're saying right now, if you find a way to get three championships out of Tatum. If hey. y'all remember, if y'all remember, the Celtics actually traded backwards, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't like Markel or Lonzo, so they wanted Tatum, which was mm-hmm. crazy. Everybody thought that was insane. Exactly. But, but I mean, Tatum, out of the two picks ahead of him, he's been looked like the best. They said a wing that was not super athletic, that did not have all the playmaking ability in the world, was not the guy to go with. And it's worked out for him. So if he can find a way to get some championships about Tatum, if you get one, nah, you still LeVar. You still LeVar. You you can't move out of LeVar territory with one. Maybe two, (laughs) we start talking about it. But three. And and the Celtics, somebody just asked in the chat, who's the C's big man? The Celtics just had Daniel Tice get traded as well. Yeah. They have Tristan Thompson Williams. now and then Robert Williams. Tristan Thompson, Robert Williams, and then you got Grant Williams already big. I don't know if y'all have ever heard Tristan Thompson speak. That man is not fit to be nobody's big or intimidator. I am sorry. <laughs> I am not going to be scared of bro. That is not how that's going to... You know what? Never mind. We're going we gonna to move on. Right that. Just, I'm just, okay. And, and we're going to get to the buyouts here. LaMarcus Aldridge, bought out by the Spurs. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to the buyouts, can we talk about the draft thing for a second, the assets? What is OKC doing? They have 30. <laughs> am, am I correct in saying that they have 34 first and second? I mean, 34 Until 2027, they have 17. Between now and 2027, they have 17 first-round picks and 17 second-round picks. They have 34 picks. 
I, okay, so over the course of six years, six years, they have 34 draft picks. They got more than one round of drafting. Um, <laughs> fellas, is this is this strategy going to pay off? Is this a strategy that y'all are like, mm, we could buy oh, and they just waved uh they just raved Doc Rivers kid, by the way. Uh, Austin Rivers. <laughs> he really still deserves Austin Rivers kid. Anyway, they waved Austin Rivers. Uh is this strategy gonna work off? Work out rather? No, and I'll give you this is the reason why. In a perfect universe, you will eventually one day be able to flip all of these picks for a marquee player to bring him in and possibly say, like, hey, we got this marquee player. Let's go ahead and bring in a free agent. The first issue is I don't see a free agent signing with Oklahoma City, regardless of what weapons are there. Two, in order to make a deal this big, you have to be willing to include maybe a marquee player you have right now. And the only one that has the potential to be that is uh, is, is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, which I don't see them trading. Um, But you got to look the at it. The Dorcher team. Chamber? You don't think he got the <laughs> no. ability? No. Hey, listen, I love that nickname, though. I love that nickname. Yeah, when he that, class somebody fine. up, they be like, he's in the Dorcher Chamber. I love that. See, Go ahead. Right. So this isn't, like they just said in the chat, this isn't the NFL to where you can get you a marquee player if you trade, let's trade five picks and get a marquee player in return. That'll happen in the NFL. And the Actually, NBA, the NBA has a rule against that. <laughs> you can't trade, right, right. you can't trade <laughs> back-to-back years first picks. So, like, if I trade my first-round picks in one trade, the next year I can't trade my first-round picks. It's called the, the, the Sepian rule. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just can't picture a universe where you can find a team that's willing to, like, hey, let's go ahead and give away our second-best player or our franchise player and get five picks in return. Like, OKC has been the only team we've seen that's come with that approach to rebuilding in the past 100 years of basketball. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one team that if they really wanted to, they should have pulled this off. The Rockets with James Harden. That would have been beautiful for them to be like, yeah, give us those five picks. James, take your tail on the OKC. You hated it here. Go True. play well, the, the Rockets. The Rockets are trying to build that narrative that if you sign with us and you want to leave, we trying to get you. We get you to your uh, destination that you want. I mean, I, I, it's dumb. Man, for us. It's Houston dumb is for us. a top three market in America. And have you seen? Never mind. I'm not even gonna go to the. Uh, other oh, I'm the Ace Tom kid. You ain't gotta <laughs> tell me. You know my heart, Ace Tom. <laughs> you don't gotta sell Houston to NBA players. You do not have to sell to rich, successful twenty year olds. Houston is the city you want to be in. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up. Yesterday. Like, you what? see Christian Wood went down, no hesitation. So, I mean. Not, didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about yeah. it. Chris, but what I you mean, think, man? Is this 34 picks going to work out? <sighs> it, it, Sam Presti's the same GM that drafted Russell Westbrook, KD, James Harden, right? I don't yeah. think he Wait, no, I, thought I, that they, I thought they got new management and uh, after they didn't want to pay James Harden. I don't think so. I think oh, it's, okay. it, it well, was Sam Preston. All right. Well, it's Sam. So, Congrats so to Sam. Just, just that being said, they do know how to find talent. And Shea is the hidden talent that they have on their team right now. Right. The problem I have with all the picks, that I, I'm comfortable with them finding talent. I'm comfortable with them with knowing talent because they grabbed Shea in the steel deal to me for Paul mm-hmm. George, who ended up not even felling out to winning the championship. For sure. Uh, and you turn... A 
bunch of scraps into seven into 34 picks. Like they literally was just picking up players and waving them, picking up players, waving them and getting picks. So they built the Arsenal of picks. The problem I'm having, how much longer our key is going to go to the draft? How much longer our key is going to go to college and play? A lot of kids. Wait, what? I'm saying like a lot of kids, they're trying to go overseas and then go to the draft like that. They're not really going to college. So it's going to be harder to scout talent is what I'm saying, where I was going with. Oh, okay. It's going to be harder for them to scout talent because a lot of kids, and then it's going to be a lot of kids coming out of high school now. So you, it's going to be even longer for them to develop coming out of high school because everybody's not going to be a LeBron James come to the league and just dominate. Everybody's right. not going to be those players that came straight from high school and just dominate. A lot of those players, even when you draft them out of high school, it's going to be tough for them in the NBA. That high school, the, co- the NBA level is, is a huge jump versus the college level. So, I.e. Jalen LeCue. So I, I I don't get it for this era of basketball. Now, if this was the the 80s, 90s, oh, they would be cooking with fish grease with that many picks. They would be, oh, you could draft 58th and get a good player back then because everybody was fighting hard. It was a tougher game back then. So, I mean. The, the only way I could possibly see this going well for the uh, – the only way I could possibly see this going well for the Thunder – is if they, like, find some gems that, like, to them, they immediately see, okay, this guy's a gem. We, we can't give him up. But other than that, like, there's, okay, on your roster now, how many of those players do you see keeping for the next four years? You keep Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you keep Lou Dort, you keep, um, who else? Who else would you keep from these teams? I keep Roby. I keep Roby. Roby's been pretty solid. Okay, you keep Roby, right? So the NBA only allows you... 15 roster spots, correct? Right. So you have 12 more roster spots. What are you going to do with these other 30? I mean, with the 12, so you got three minus, you got nine. So nine, you got nine roster spots. I'm sorry, you got 12 roster spots to, uh, to use here, 34 picks. What under God's green earth <laughs> are you going to do? Even if we completely exclude all the second rounders and say all the second round draft will be complete and total bums, right? Sure. You still have 17 first round picks. With 17 first round picks, you're now looking at the 17 plus three, you got 20. What you you have too many. What are you gonna do? In the words of the woman from the meme, somebody ain't doing the math right. Cause it, it ain't adding up. It just it ain't uh with that being said, I, I think that they'll have to make some moves to get rid of some of these picks. Cause they literally they have too many. And hopefully they can pull off some 2K-style trades where they get, like, a Tyler Hero and a Duncan Robinson for three firsts or something. <laughs> because mean, otherwise, it just it won't make sense to have this many first-round picks I, I, that I you guess can't the, do anything with. The logic behind it is, and I'm going to get off this topic. We're running out of time on this topic. But I think the logic is you draft somebody that's sensational talent, you pair him with Shea, and you, trade, you start trading those picks like crazy, and you go get them some pieces to help them in the playoffs. So you build, they get another centerpiece because they already got one centerpiece. I think Shea eventually can be a number two on a championship team. Yeah. Now, I'm not so sold on number one yet, but I think he'd be a number two on a championship team. And then you draft somebody that could develop into a number one on a championship team, and then you start letting picks go. But you got to do all of this in a five- to six-year window because you only got, you know. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to go from the trades and the drafts to the opposite end of the spectrum with the buyouts. LaMarcus Aldridge bought out by the Spurs. He's going to the Nets. What are y'all thinking? This is a big man that's shooting 37% from three on the season. 
Does this move the needle for you? Does this is there a, a, a winner or loser? Did the Spurs lose and buy them out? What are y'all thinking? I I don't understand this move. If I'm being honest, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is uh for most of his career he's been a borderline great player, but uh somebody that's that's past their athletic prime. And essentially with the roster, the way it's constructed is going to be a spot up player. Mm-hmm. I'm not really understanding because it's a lot better spot up players that you can get out of this situation. I think the at this point, the Nets biggest problem has been interior defense. Like that's really the only hole that we can see in their game. And that's not something that Aldridge brings to the game. He's a back to the basket, face up mid range kind of player. And when you have Katie, Kyrie, hard on the floor it's no room for you to say hey let's iso uh lamarcus aldridge and have him do a 15 foot uh post fade so essentially you picked up a very experienced spot up player which you could have gotten other places it, it, it ISO doesn't, it doesn't make that sense. iso 15 footer combo will never not let me kill me never not kill me <laughs> that's tough that's a tough tough deal to get chris does this make sense to you does he fit what what you thinking man <sighs> I mean, he's a former All-Star. Of course, it makes sense. But I'm going to put this in perspective for the audience. Um, you got James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all in their prime, the peak of their careers right now. Um, KD fighting the injury bug right now. We don't know his status. He's supposed to come back, but we're not entirely sure. Them guys run, though. When them three was on the court together for the little brief, brief moment we seen, seen them on the court together, them boys run. Like, Kyrie was getting the ball, taking off, hitting Harden, mm-hmm. Harden hitting KD, KD throwing it back out to Kyrie, Harden cutting down the middle, layup. They back on defense. Where does Aldridge help you with that? They went from only one big man and DeAndre Jordan after the Harden trade because they lost Jerry Allen, so now they got Blake Griffin, Aldridge, and DeAndre Jordan. But is 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 Blake Griffin really a big now with his no. play style and no. his size? <laughs> no. I mean, I mean he's, he's, uh, he's six eight. He's six eight. He's not the greatest rebounder there is, and he's not even gonna play in the paint much. So like, I think he might be six ten, but even still, it's I, I mean, and, and, and to be honest with you, Gibbs, apparently he still got it. So I know you don't like I know you don't like that, but apparently he said he still got it after he caught that oop. He ain't done since 2019. He said, I still got it. Don't worry about it. So, oh, he put up 17 points on the Pistons. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I'm so impressed. I'm, oh. Anyway, yeah. moving on to more important things here. Um, all just to the Nets, honestly, I think that they're they moving like the Eagles were when the Eagles had Mike Vick. When they had Vince Young as their backup quarterback, they paid Nambi Asamoah all the money in the world. They had Asante Samuel on the other corner. They had all these stars, and people were just like, oh, yeah, this is the dream team. This the, you know, it, it, it has to mesh and gel and work right. together in practice, not just in theory. You can't just throw. And don't get me wrong, because they're in the East and because they have the likes of a – uh, a Kevin Durant, a James Harden. And this is basketball where one person impacts the game a lot more than right. in football. With that being said, I think they'll get to the finals. I think they may even win one, but I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge assists you greatly in that, in that quest. I just don't. I don't. To say that his best days behind him athletically, 
It's being very generous. It's I being extremely Did he ever have generous. best days athletically? Exactly. I was about to say, even coming <laughs> in, athleticism was like a, a critique that everybody's like, oh, yeah, he plays a lot of magic game, but we don't know if he can jump and do all these things. And so now it's like, I mean, you could slide a piece of paper under the man if he's doing a vertical <laughs> jump. That's about it. Now, I, I um, will say this, though. I will say this, though. They lost all their depth with that hard trade by moving all their pieces. They lost Levert. They lost them with you to the to injury for the season. They lost. I don't. I mean, I, I didn't understand the Luke Kennard deal, but I mean, he's kind of useless now. They they lost a lot of depth. I think they added a little bit depth left to that roster getting Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, if, I think they added. Hey, listen. If you tell me, uh, we we going from depth wise, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen. To Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, I might smack you. I might, I might just put hands. On I, I'm you, saying, if a pieces you had to lose for Harden, I don't think Lamarcus Aldridge is that bad. You know, it could have sure. been worse. It could have sure. been worse. Yeah. You got, you still got to see me out back. If, if that's what you're proposing to me as a trade, like if we, you go, you go, you go, you go, and, smack me in private. You go smack me in private. Oh, absolutely. If you, <laughs> yeah, you play my GM on on 2K, and you offer me that trade. Hey, Chris, come outside real quick. I'm not gonna put hands on you. I'm lying. I'm finna put hands on you. <laughs> That's the move right there with your, your homie Wallet in public, but y'all homie. So you got his back with y'all in public. But when y'all get to the car, hey, what was he doing in there? It's, bro, you are, <laughs> did you not see that gun he had on his waist? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so beyond that, the next buyout, finally, Cleveland did a buyout that made sense. They made a move. Oh, I know Gibbs was jumping for joy. I know Gibbs was jumping for joy. Although, even this move don't make sense to me because still, even if you trade Andre Drummond for like a future first to a contender, it's still better than nothing. A buyout, you get nothing. So, of course, even when they make a good decision, Cleveland has to make the good decision in the wrong way. So, Andre Drummond is bought out, ends up with the Lakers. Does this move the needle? It it definitely moves the needle. We've seen what LeBron and that Lakers offense and just the team in general was able to do with a player that has rebounding instincts and size and defensive instinct. Um, in the likes of Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, like that this last season, you really turned back the clock as far as what Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee could do, which resulted in them getting contracts that like I'm not really sure they were worth. Um <laughs> I mean, if we being honest. Um, Philly looking crazy. Boy. Yeah, right. Philly looking crazy. Right. So you're basically bringing in a, a younger. I'm not going to put uh, Drummond right now at the ceiling that Dwight ever was. But as far as like a skill set goes, you're really bringing in a younger Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee skill set kind of player. He was able to get more rebounds than both of them are able to, who's able to provide a little more strength under the basket just due to his youth and he having a little more athletic ability than Dwight did. Maybe not JaVale McGee, but he's a little more bulky than McGee ever was. Um, so I think that's going to work out for them. However, um, the issue I'm looking into is if AD is not healthy, Drummond is not enough to get LeBron and the rest of those guys like to the level that he needs to be in order to, to get a championship. Drummond needs to fulfill his role and be there to strictly rebound the ball and, and have size. And that's he, if he tries to do anything more, it's not going to work out for whatever it is they're trying to do. I, I ask you this guy, factor here. I ask you this guy, is Drummond a number three option on this team? 
Yes, simply from the standpoint that like those number three option buckets are going to come from somebody missed a shot, offensive rebound, I'm putting it back up. They're not drawing up a play for Drummond. They're not giving him anything more outside of him maybe getting open in the lane off a pick and roll. Okay. Well, I was just asking. I mean, I don't know what the offensive scheme going to be. <laughs> I'm going to jump. I, I got it. I firmly believe even without a healthy AD, this is enough. To win a championship? This is absolutely. I don't know why people, the greatest, and I'm, I stand by this until I'm proven wrong, the greatest trick that it, NBA GM has ever pulled on any of us is convincing people that Andre Drummond is not impactful to basketball games. Like that, to me, is the craziest thing uh, there was an unnamed GM who said he could get 20 and 20 and not impact the game. Yeah. And again, to say he doesn't impact the game, I would just ask this question. To, and this is open to both of y'all. Name me five centers right now that you know are better. Name me five centers that you know if if they're against Drummond, either A, they're going to shut Drummond down, or B, they're going to give him so many buckets, it don't matter when he gets his and gets his numbers on the boards. I mean, according to history, can I name him B five times? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I rest my case. This this man is giving you, he's giving you good rim protection, not elite, not elite, not great by any means. I'm not saying he's giving you go bear. He's giving you good rim protection. He's giving you great rebounding. His scoring numbers are a little inflated because he takes more shots than he uh, probably should with the Cavs because, of course, Cavs always sell it. So he takes more shots than he should. But other than that, this is a premier big who plays the game in the way that a big should. If you look at the Lakers, one of the worst things that they possibly could have did was added a playmaker. If they added a playmaker to this roster, they would have looked crazy because there's only one ball. There's only at some at some point you need people who are going to finish the play. You have that in LeBron. You have that in Schroeder. You have that in, well, who else? In this current roster without AD, who else do you have that you're like, I can trust him in this situation to finish? Right. Gasol doesn't have any any one aspect where I'm like, I know Gasol is going to get it done offensively here. His he's a great passer is, for a big man. He's a great passer, but yeah. that's why I said they have too many playmakers. They have playmakers everywhere. But again, somebody has to finish the play, and that person can't just be LeBron James. It can't be. Yeah. If you have a great passing big, what do you put him with to help him out? Shooters and a good scoring big. That way they can get those passes from block to block. That's like, wait, how did he make that drop off? Don't matter. It's a dunk. They're getting back on defense. And again, when you say that they might not have enough, in comparison to who? In comparison to who do the Lakers um, not have enough to get them a championship? The team they're likely going to meet in the finals, which is the Nets? Brooklyn. Yeah, just, just look at it from this standpoint. Let's say... In a finals matchup, KD give you 25, Harden give you 25, Kyrie give you 25, and then those role players give you a couple points. If AD doesn't play and Brian give you 30, 10, and 10, and let's say Drummond gives you 20 and 20, I don't think the remaining pieces on that Lakers team is, is enough to meet Brooklyn's firepower. They need AD to win a championship. But why are we assuming that we're, we're assuming something that history has not shown us? Why are we assuming that all three from Brooklyn, A, will be healthy, B, will be available, C, will be firing at all 
at all possible. Like, I'm sorry, but the best predictor of future behaviors is the past. These three have all gone missing in huge series. That's true. It, with the exception of Harden. Let me let me not say that. Harden is the only one no. who hasn't been hurting out for huge series. No, he, he hasn't been out, but it's definitely more than one occasion where Houston should have beat Golden State and Harden didn't show up. So so that is where I rest my case here, because at the end of the day, we haven't seen Drummond in the playoffs. We have not seen Drummond on a team where you've got a shot to win a championship, big dog. What you going to do? We haven't seen that. So we don't know how he's going to play it. But I'm going to assume even if his numbers drop by like three points and two, three rebounds, that's still going to be a what? A, a 12 and 10, 12 and 11 guy. I'm all right with that. But when I, or if you're talking about no AD, the numbers skyrocket back up because he's going to get more shots. So when I look at that, when I look at Brooklyn, I'm sorry, but I yeah. I can't – you can't tell me. Kyrie Irving can say, oh, we're going to be there at the end of the season. You know we're going to be there. According to what, Kyrie? Again, all of y'all have been number two on teams who have went to yeah. championships or won championships. Yeah. None of you have been number one on a team except for maybe KD on a 72-win team with two of the greatest shooters of all time, one of the best defenders of our generation who may be smoking some of that Franklin Saint product to believe he's the best <laughs> defender ever. But the fact of the matter is you've never been asked, here, take the whole load, make I mean, it happen. Uh, I'm, if I'm being honest, I can KD might have been a number one uh, option on that team, but I never considered him number one on Golden State. So he's not exactly. He's not, he's not the, he wasn't the bona fide leader, but he definitely offensive weapon wise, he definitely was the the number one option in the system for sure. Like the the ball was gonna touch KD hands every possession yeah. just about. But but we can't go here. I can't guarantee you that Kyrie will be healthy when playoff time comes. But I think that KD will. I think KD is is. I don't even think KD is hurt now. I think he's just like we doing all right. I'm waiting for the playoffs. Sure, KD. But again, they're gonna hit the same problem that those Clippers hit. And oh God, we can't stop nobody. Oh God, we don't have chemistry. Granted, they have much more natural. You can roll the ball out and ask those three to get you a bucket, and they they will succeed at that task much more than Paul, George, Kawhi, and whoever you would consider their third score to beat. Lou Will, maybe. you that That's definitely going to be more of a score. But again, I'm just confused about when these three are all supposed to be healthy and good together. Because we're even if we say, well, they're resting up for the playoffs, sure. Then who are you going to play when you get there? Philly? Boston? Who, who of those teams is an easy out for y'all? Both of them present problems for y'all that you're going to have to grind to get over. You're going to have to grind to get over Boston's depth. You're going to have to grind to get over it. You're going to have to grind to get over Joel Embiid if he's healthy. Now, I, I just look at the Nets from this standpoint. They present their issues, but in the scope of basketball and the fact that one player is able to impact the game so much, it's very rare that if they're healthy, you see a situation where you have three players this talented on one team and they find sure. they not win. For sure. I'll tell you this much. If those three are healthy, Lakers fans, go ahead and play dead by me. Because y'all in trouble. Y'all in trouble. But if, I mean, if history wears they're, it right. They're, they're in trouble if AD isn't healthy. I think AD makes the difference. I don't think I, – I, I don't know where this narrative came from. Drummond is – uh, effective big man. LeBron has never played with a big man 
as good as Drummond. You can't name. I'm talking about center, not power forward, center. Yeah, never play, I'll, I'll, I'll never play with you. I'm Do you know how you. many times Bron gets trapped at the top of the key when he starts his drive because teams are trying to build a wall? Do you know how many easy passes LeBron going to make to Drummond down low? Oh, my Lord. Drummond going to be able to look at the rim and touch it, then catch the pass, and then lay it up. Like, and then, mind you, AD was a defensive player of the year candidate. And now you add Drummond and Gasol to the front line with them at the rim. So my Lord. It's, it's no longer a weak side when AD's on the court with one of them. It's no longer a weak side. Because yeah. AD already was coming off the help side to help guard the uh, weak side. And then Drummond is over there now. So AD don't have to reach out much. He can stay in the wing. So that shooter's no longer open on that wing. Right. Because AD's going to be spreading the floor. He can spread the floor. AD can put the ball on the floor. Drummond can set screens for AD at the top of the key now. And AD can get the mismatch on the smaller guy on the plot. And AD's shown he can hit that fadeaway. That fadeaway looked pretty when AD get a give. He get that fadeaway going on them little guys. Oh, that fadeaway sure. looked pretty. Yeah. Then, then Drummond and Brown in the pick and roll. Why can't why why can't that be a form of Lob City? Why why is that not a form of Lob City? Y'all think Blake Griffin still got it? Drummond never lost it. (laughs) He never lost it. He never lost it. So to me, the Drummond signing was huge, huge. It secured up that center spot for the Lakers that was looking shaky. And and without AD, that's where I I disagree with you, Gibbs. I don't think they. I don't think they come out the West easily. They could come out the West because you have LeBron James. But I think the Clippers, even though we dog the Clippers so much, it'd be tough for LeBron to beat those Clippers with just Drummond. AD makes the difference when you play the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Now, they did just pick up Rondo and lost low wheel. Or they lose a little scoring. But Rondo is going to be that person that say, Paul George. Paul, he going to talk to Paul George how we talk to Paul George. That's how Rondo going to talk to Paul George. So, I'll say that. So, you think that Drummond is scared of, of a rim protector uh, Zubac? That's what no, you're no, talking I, about. No, no. I'm not saying that, that at all. I'm, I'm not saying it at all. But I'm saying the pieces around Brian and just jo- uh, Drummond, yeah, it, yeah it, I get they are fold. They are fold against PG Kawhi Rondo and if, I think so. Marcus Morris. You get what I'm saying? If so, that if they had that series, if they if that series went down and Schroeder plays well, I think that the Lakers are taking it in five, maybe six. If Schroeder played, you you got to count, you got to count on Schroeder who his numbers dipped a little bit last. And that's playoff. the thing. I don't. I'm not sure if you can count on Schroeder to play good yeah. basketball so, in that I'll, frame. Especially not put, not against those wing defenders as well. I would never no. put my eggs in a Clippers basket, but Chris might have a point. If if AD does not play, I think the biggest threat to the Lakers may be the Clippers. Because I'm just saying, they, they they long, they have enough defenders to keep switching on Brian. Right. They got enough defenders. Brian will get his. They'll put pressure on him to where Brian will have to defer. We know that Brian has no problem with deferring. But the issue is who you're deferring to. And I don't think... Without AD, those, it's not really. I don't, not really I don't think much. any of those players are able to step up to the occasion. With even though we've seen them take major L's, the perimeter defense by the Clippers can provide a lot of pressure for players on the Lakers that I don't think are able that are, are prepared to handle it. Like you, you got to remember, Jamal Murray almost played perfect, perfect for them to come back three one. Now, granted, the Clippers still shouldn't have lost that series, but Jamal Murray had to play absolutely perfect basketball. Jokic, he didn't play perfect basketball. That's why it ended up being seven games. But if Jamal Murray and Jokic would have started off that series playing perfect basketball, the Clippers would have lost in five. Let's say if you Jokic go to series- is on the bench and, and LeBron has to facilitate, 
and he got a he he gets trapped and he got to kick it off the cools. If Kawhi put a hand in his face, how many times out of ten is Kuz getting a bucket for you? First of all, Kuz don't need to be making that taking that <laughs> shot. If if Kawhi is rotating to you, sir, kick that ball somewhere else. <laughs> kick that ball and, somewhere and, else. And, and and that's what I'm saying. When Drummond's on the bench and AD out there with Brian, I'm more confident. But without if when you if you have to stagger Drummond and, and Brian for uh, to get Brian some rest, I'm not comfortable with Dennis Schroeder and Drummond versus. Kawhi, PG, Rondo, uh, Marcus Morris, and but even Batum is still a defender. I don't consider him nothing offensively, but he's still a defender. Defense. Yeah, and, um, and if you look at the Clippers game, they're a team of runs. Either they're making a run, 20 to 2 run, or they're on the bad side of a 20 to 2 run. Like they don't really have a game to where they're consistently playing all the way through. So if you get caught on the bad end of a Clippers run, that can make or break you in a, in a playoff game. And I'll tell you what, the problem with those streaky teams like that. Somehow in the playoffs, it always works out that the team. Oh, just I would, I would just never bet. They do. I would never bet a dollar on the Clippers. I promise you that it would. Right. I would. I don't care if I had a million dollars. You say, Chris, you can get two million dollars. You pick the Clippers to win one game. I'm not doing. It. I'm not doing. It. I, all I'm saying is this. This to me is the biggest move at the trade deadline. Uh, Norman Powell to the Blazers. I really don't think is is that big of a deal. He's averaging 20. He's putting up good buckets up, up there in, in Kansas, but I don't really think that it's, it's going to be too much anything to come of that. Um, does does this move do anything for y'all? No. I mean, it, um, you Portland really, really replaced what they were missing. The, the pieces they got rid of, um, they weren't able to uh, – th- those players were sort of like Rodney Hood was inconsistent, but he really has the same bag as Norman Powell. I think they really just replaced those players with a more consistent they, they got some more – yeah, they got they got some more consistency out of Norman, right. Norman Powell. Now, so right. now you have nights where Melo can go three for ten, but Norman Powell will go five for seven. You know what I'm right. saying? So it kind of it kind of balance them, make them a little more whole team in my eyes. But it didn't really move the needle much because we saw what Gary Trent was capable of in the bubble. I don't know what the bubble had. In it and make Gary Trent explode like that, but he didn't do none of that this season. Yes, none of it's that. The, it's the no pressure. You can play the AAU yeah. circuit. It's a lot of players that came out the bubble and the monsters took their powers for uh, <laughs> for uh, this uh, this uh, what's that movie Space Jam two? Uh, Tyler Hero was another one of them. He just the, the monsters said, "All right, you leaving the bubble? I'm gonna need that." <laughs> Let me take that. You're not Man, taking he, a step he, back with he you. Ha, he have you're good not, nights, but he's not been consistent at all since the bubble. You're not taking the snarl with you, Tyler. You're not taking it with you out this bubble, big dog. Um, so we gonna we gonna move on to that since y'all done messed up the rundown. Sitting up here talking about the Lakers now, I'm messing hey, up. Uh, but when we look at the coaches, when we look at the coaching situation in the NBA, right? And this is something that we all agreed had to be talked about uh, because there was a lot going on as far as. Uh, Steven Silas getting a, a real raw deal in Houston and their losing streak and him talking about all the coaches that have reached out to him. Uh, the Hawks' former coach, Nate McMillan, who was their current coach, getting a raw deal in 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 uh, Indiana. Somehow not beating Brown was not good enough for Indiana. Congratulations with what y'all have now, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> as opposed to the Mike D'Antonis of the world who continually – Gets a job, gets a job, gets a job. Uh, the, uh, uh, Steve Nash, who, you know, while he was accredited with being partially responsible for what uh, the Golden State Warriors did with their shooting, I mean, there still was talent, there's talent, there's talent. 
and even Luke Walton a little bit, who like, I mean, come on now, we we've seen Luke with these Kings for quite some time, and yeah, you know, like what? So uh, now that's first, my the Cavs are my no the Kings are my Cavs. Yes, I think the Kings always sell. <laughs> so so Chris, I'm telling you, they ain't been the same since since the NBA fixed that finals against the Lakers. I mean that conference finals against the Lakers. They ain't been the same since. They said, you know what? We can't win anyway. Let's just give up. Let's just – we'll run a team, I guess, but we don't actually <laughs> got to try. Chris, what are your thoughts on this, man? What are your thoughts on the disparity between uh, the, the situations that a lot of black coaches are put in as opposed to their white counterparts? Man, I mean, in this day and age with all the stuff the NBA did over the bubble and, and just in general, I appreciate them for at least hiring black coaches, but – why is the window so much smaller for black coaches? Like, it broke my heart seeing Steven Silas coming into this offseason excited. He said, I led the most efficient offense of all time in Dallas. He was their offensive coach. And to, to come into take for, getting a young Luca to upgrading to a James Harden. The things that Steven Silas probably had in his mind when he thought he was getting Russell Westbrook, James Harden. He probably has yeah. so many schemes designed already. He, he did his homework for sure. I guarantee that because Steven Silas shows up and he shows up. Oh, absolutely. And to see them just get rid of acid after acid after acid from him, it's just like, it just breaks my heart because, yeah, the the the, the GM, um, Raphael Stone might vouch for him. Like, yeah, no, Silas is our guy long-term, long-term. But right. we all know, we all know after two or three years of this, they're going to say, oh, we got some young players and they still not doing nothing. Silas got to go. Silas got to go. Versus a Luke Walton, I don't know how you go from a Lakers job. The next day, you get a Kings job. The next day. The Lakers, the Lakers don't make the playoffs. <laughs> yep. Craziest thing about this, like we've seen these players pan out in different situations. Some of them good, some of them bad. But Luke was in a situation with those Lakers to where like those baby Lakers – a lot of people thought in a couple years those players was going to be the truth. Like, a lot of people looked at that Lakers score and was like, yo, if they develop, like, these guys are going to be a problem. But the crazy did part... nothing with them. The crazy part is, I mean, if we look at the current day, they were right. Randall. Randall, Ingram. all-star. D'Lo, all-star. Ingram. Wait, I don't think he had D'Lo. They, they had, he, he had, had Zoe. Oh, he had Zoe. Zoe was having Zoe. the best year. Zoe was shooting 40% from three. Zoe, B.I., I mean, so many pieces. Hart as well. Like, so many yeah. pieces that at the end of the day, you couldn't turn them into nothing. Right. Like, I understand that they were rookies and learning, but, like, nothing, Luke? It, it's, it's two rookie coaches this year uh, that are on relevant franchises. Brooklyn Nets now that they're relevant. Steve Nash, Steven Silas. Mm-hmm. Steven yeah. Silas has players under the age of 20. Michael Porter, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is 19 years old, and that might be his second option in the offensive system. Right. Christian Wood is his best player. Nash, first coaching job, he gets Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. I'm going to let the audience just think on that, man. It's just... I, I I I don't I don't I I'm real passionate about stuff like this because this is just America. This is how it oh, is. I mean, I'll tell you what. If you think it's bad the NBA, ooh we come on <laughs> over to the NFL. Let me tell you about this NFL. The Lions winningest coach ever by percentage. 
didn't have Barry Sanders, had Megatron for all of, I want to say, three years in Jim Caldwell, fired, never got another job. Uh, Lovey Smith, fired after 10 wins in Chicago, didn't get another job. He's coaching at, I want to say, Illinois now. Uh, you, you look at what these coaches uh, – there was a coach from the Cardinals who was fired after one year for Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Cliff, I've never won the Big 12 Kingsbury. Cliff, I couldn't even make Patrick Mahomes a winner in college in a defense's optional Big 12. That guy got a head coaching job. So I I agree that these, these coaching situations, it's getting a little out of hand. Some of these coaches, the Eagles coach, the Eagles new head coach at his press conference was so bad. It was so abysmal. The Eagles got to win 10 games this year or I got to I got to let you go, bro. This man was reading from a paper. I kid you not. And literally said, um, we have we've got to run systems that confuse our opponents, but are simple for us. Uh, a problem I saw was a lot of confusion uh, by us, so uh, that needs to happen, and um, we need to listen. People talk about Dan Campbell's biting kneecaps off speech. I have never seen any first speech worse than what uh, the Eagles head coach just dropped. What about I'll tell you the, that right now. Was that their new general manager or coach? Was it the Jets last year or the year before? Mm, the Jets, the Jets one was pretty bad. Yeah, the Jets one was pretty bad. But. I mean, we we don't discuss certain terms here on the Facts Rex podcast, but that Jets coach was uh, a. <laughs> yeah, <know>. well, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you at least bring again with Dan Campbell, it was nutty. It was zany. It bought energy. It made you excited, right? It made a lot of the fan base excited. It made a lot of former football players excited. The fact of the matter is that Eagles press conference. If I was the if I was the president of football operations, I would tell him, "Hey, big dog, somewhere in these next three years, you got to win ten games." With what you just did, how you just embarrassed us? <laughs> imagine, imagine if you had to show up for your new first day of work and you did that. I just got a new job, right? <laughs> just right. literally just got a. If they gave me a script to read off of, and I'm like, um, so we need to do and uh. They would look at me and say, oh, you're a fraud. You're a fraud. You got to go, bro. Yeah. You got to get up out of here. So I, I I do think that there is something. And also, like you said about Steve Nash, look at what Cliff Kingsbury is gifted. One of the a generational talent at quarterback in Kyler Murray. He can throw the ball a country mile and runs like a 4-5 and is ridiculously lightning quick. So, yeah. it, and, oh, and he got DeAndre Hopkins in year two. Still couldn't get to the playoffs. I, I, I think. So. I think just to put my two cents in here real quick, it's not even indicative of coaches and in sports circles, but just indicative of us in America in general. I just would like to see a landscape that at least starts in sports because a lot of like movements that we see or a lot of things that kind of you know unites people together begins in sports. I want to see a, a, a opportunities to where we are allowed to screw up. Like, we're not even allowed opportunities to try to mess something up. Nate McMillan. If, if you look at the the um, T-Wolf situation, Ryan mm. Saunders got fired. And mm. his his assistant coach was a, a, a black man. I, he, he's fairly young. If I recall correctly, I think he's like age 48. Not too old for a head coach. 
Yeah, and, and, Silas. Yeah. and these players were on board. Cat was under the impression that he would be the head coach. Devo mm-hmm. was under the impression that he would be the head coach. And essentially he got shafted. He got fired 12 hours later for, for his friend, for, for the general manager's friend, essentially, who doesn't have any professional coaching experience. So like, even if this guy came in, even if the interim coach came in and was the head coach for the rest of the season and he lost every game for the T-Wolves, like allow him the opportunity to mess something up. Yeah. We, we've seen coaches, yeah. we've seen black coaches in the NBA and the NFL that have made playoffs that have had transcendent seasons for franchises. And because they, because they didn't get it done, they got fired. Even though, you know, like the way he approached things might've been wrong. Mark Jackson took a golden state team who golden state, um, took San Antonio to defend the champions to seven, didn't they? Yes. And Mark Jackson yeah, got six fired. Or seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mark Jackson got fired. Or, yeah. or they, they weren't defending. They won a championship that year. And, and he was won a championship that year. And he was laughed at when he said Steph and Clay were two of the greatest shooters that the yeah. game has ever seen. They literally laughed at in the man's face. Alvin Gentry had 36 yeah. games or 37 games in Zion. Didn't he have a full season in Zion? Yep. And we see what Zion is now. Under a minute's restriction. And we see what Zion doing now. First all-star appearance next year. Yep. We see what all-star Zion's doing. As soon Van as Gundy has it, they, they lifted that minutes restriction. Van Gundy hasn't done anything coaching-wise since he left the what you know what gives. I mean, hey, you ain't wrong. Hey, you and, ain't and look, wrong. Even bef- before Van Gundy was allowed that that Pistons job, Van Gundy had one of the most stacked rosters in the NBA, and couldn't get it done in Orlando after multiple seasons. And his reward was not only becoming the coach of another team, but the being coach the general manager the as team. well. Yeah, yeah, I. It, it 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 literally it, it is astounding in in both in baseball it's a little different because that is by far the most conservative of all four of the leagues. Yeah, like we get it in football and basketball. The 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 fact that we are still getting the same pool of coaches that we keep recycling coaches again and again and again, yeah. but all the recycles are are happen to be white folks is terrible. Is to how does Adam Gase keep getting jobs? I don't understand. I don't understand. Is it because he has successful Peyton Manning? Because guess what? Jim Caldwell can say that too. He still ain't got another head coach's job. It's it, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. This is something that, you know, everybody keeps talking about. Oh, well, who's it on? Who's it on? At the end of the day, it's on the owners. They're the ones who make the decisions. They're the ones who make the decisions. And as I've always said, at the end of the day, to me, especially when we look at situations like it was with the Lions, you can never fire a Jim Caldwell. You know why? Because not rocking the boat is the best you can hope for. It's the yeah. best you can hope and, for and, 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 until it's you've always, got a bunch of young players. It's always one coach in the league I feel like they give us just off of. And I think in the NBA is Doc Rivers and the NFL – I don't know. I think they just... It, they, it was they, Marvin Lewis for about yeah, it was Marvin 15 years. Lewis but yeah, even with so, Marvin Lewis, you couldn't really blame him because the, the, the Bengals GMs refused to spend money. They refused. They're just like, hey, bro, you need new players? We give you $20 in Snickers bar, man. If we ain't <laughs> draft him, we really ain't trying to pay nobody, bro. 
So like, I mean, and, it, and, and, and they give us Doc Rivers in the NBA. They keep giving him a job. I guess that's our centerpiece because he won a title. But I mean, I'm, I'm not satisfied with that. I, I want more black coaches to get more chance to show what they can actually do. Like, yeah, that, y'all give us Doc Rivers, but I mean, what what else? Especially in a league like the NBA, where what is it? Eighty percent of the players is it? Seven, 80 something percent of players are black. Like Last naturally, it was over eighty. Naturally, you would believe that at least in part, some of the best people to do it would be the people who've done it at the highest level. In football, yeah, you've got a Bill Belichick who had never played at the highest level and turned out to be the greatest. But I think that there are some other things going on there as well that have pushed him to that status. But that's another story for another time. Uh, but. There's, there has to be, if you look at all the next guys in line in the NFL who you're like, oh, yeah, this was a really great coach. A vast majority of them played the game at the highest level, yeah. did what it took, knew in and out what it is. So to me, it is something that the owners, they got to get fixed. They got to so, get together. As soon as they got rid of the Hawks coach, Nathan Millen came in 8-0. That's the most talent Nate McMillan has had his whole coaching career. Since since those Pacers, when Danny Granger was healthy, I think that Danny Granger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, yeah, Paul yeah, George yeah. Young, But I'm saying that was when they got rid of his ass in Indiana. When they got rid of his ass in Indiana, this is the most oh, talent sure. he's had. Sure. Even even in Indiana, as good as that team was, it's like happening to be. It's like if you're uh, Donovan McNabb in the era of Tom Brady. Donovan McNabb is a great quarterback in his own right. He's no Tom Brady. Like, that's just yeah. how it works. I'm, Those Pacers were a very good team. They weren't LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. Even if you look at that Indiana team, though, like, a lot of the pieces that they left McMillan with to try to work with, the best basketball we ever seen out of those players came under Nate McMillan. Yeah. Like, when Nate McMillan was the Pacers coach, we were looking at Miles Turner like, this guy should be an all-star. You know you know who we were looking at that as a good player that really is indicative of how good he is? Roy Hibbert. <laughs> Roy Hibbert. And I mean, I knew you was like, going there. I knew yo, you was listen, going there. At least Miles Turner, he still looks good now. We're still looking at him like, oh, yo, he's a good player. Look, this is this is not a a place where I want to, you know, inflict uh impose that I want to inflict harm upon anybody or you know, the Facts Over X podcast is not the place for threats. But as a Lakers fan, when we got Hibbert, if I was presented the opportunity to 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 cause physical pain on Roy Hibbert, I would have I would have taken that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. We all we, all that is being asked for by us, by other members of the media, by these players, by these coaches, is simply that um, that black coaches be given an opportunity that is on pace, that is fair, that is decent, that is not. Oh, I'm gonna give you the worst team in the league, or a team that was middle of the road last year, but we destroyed everything. Because you know the Magic next head coach. We all know what's gonna happen. We all know. Listen, they're gonna go up to uh, David Vanterpool. That was the 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 uh, Minnesota assistant coach that didn't get the job. Imagine finna reach out to him. Hey, Dave, we got a job for you, man. Next thing you know, he's sitting up there looking at Gary Harris and Markel Fultz. Like, so y'all want to get out the ice tub yet? Y'all want to? The, the second they win thirty games, they're gonna call Brooklyn. Like, what's Dan Tony doing right now? <laughs> it's, it's <all. laughs> Anywho, y'all. 
I know y'all y'all tired of us talking about these trade deadlines. Y'all tired of us talking about these coaches getting unfair opportunities. And y'all tired of us talking about the Lakers in the net. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Also, Chris got his bed made this time for whoever was in the comments. <laughs> talking about Chris Bray was trash. Oh, y'all. So, oh, they did uh, dirty. I didn't even see. Oh, they, they did the dirty. I was in a Carlo podcast and it was like, are you the one with the dirty bed, with the unmade bed? I was like, oh, God. I mean, I'm going to sell Chris out and tell you it was him, but also, oh, God. But yeah, uh, peace and love, y'all. Uh, come on back the next weekend, the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that. Peace and love. Yeah,